0: hey what is up everybody it's your boy pigskin pete along with my co-host and my friend john from always irish that's how you say it right john (laughs)
1: yeah you got it that's pretty good you got to get that gravelly always irish
0: always irish all right there you go i I don't know why
1: i started doing that but after i did it a few times then people expected it so i kept it
0: hey i like it it definitely sounds like an irish guy i mean you know it's that's right. That's, that's what you're going for there. But anyway, yeah. this is this is episode number three of the Always Pigskin Show. That means that we have successfully banked two shows, which is a minor miracle in itself. So here we are for episode three. Thank you all for joining us. We've got a lot of uh, a lot of fun stuff to talk about today, don't we, John?
1: Yeah, we do. We always have way too much to talk about for an for an hour. So which is good, even with no really no football going on there, we could go on and on. So it's going right. to be another
0: good one. All right so there's something you wanted to lead off with i think you had some news or something you wanted to talk about
1: yeah so okay i keep hearing whenever i mention still being worried about the college football season and covid i get bombarded with people messaging me saying These kids are young. They're in good shape. You don't even worry about it. I don't know why you're spending time talking about that. I get a ton of those messages or on my Twitter feed, and they're like, dude, why are you even talking about this? But then every day in the news, I'm hearing more and more of these athletes, college and pro, are testing positive. That's why I keep talking about it. Then, I don't know if you know who this is, probably not. He's a Chicago Tribune writer, uh, Teddy Greenstein. He used to do a bunch of Notre Dame coverage. Now he does a lot of Big Ten and golf stuff, and he's in the Chicago area. Uh-huh. He put out a tweet yesterday saying the higher-ups he's talked to in these administrations are saying it's a 50-50 toss-up if they're even going to be able to go through with college football uh-huh. as, it, as it stands. And so... My question is, what do we make of all this? Because depending on who you talk to, you get these various viewpoints that are like do- totally doomsday scenarios and other people saying, don't worry about it. And and I just feel like there's mixed messages from all over. What do you think about all this?
0: I I was asked this uh, last night on my call-in show. And um, a guy asked me, you know, if you had to put a percentage chance on what you think the, uh, if whether or not we're going to have a normal season or not. I said 70 30 I think we will have a normal season and like you said there's, there's depending on who you ask there's a lot of different opinions about this and these are people that are in the in the know and I mean people that are not like me and you people that are in you know in these meetings and and and, and communicating with each other so like uh, for instance the uh the, and I can only speak from what I know about from Clemson I'm, I'm more tuned into Clemson than anything else so the athletic director director for Clemson is a guy named Dan Radakovich. he says all is, all systems go Right. And, and Clemson's had some players test positive for COVID just in the past week. And he said all systems go for right now. What I think was going to happen. Uh, well, first of all, it's extremely difficult to predict three months out because three months ago, we were all starting to shut down and everything was closed except for grocery stores and hospitals, basically. Right. And so it's really hard to project three months from now. I still feel like uh, they they know that test that players and coaches and even students are going to test positive th- for this for the next couple of months. But I don't think that that's going to shut things down. Um, now, here's what might happen, though. It could affect fall practice. If you have a team where it runs through them in the early fall when they're starting practice, that's they're at an automatic disadvantage from a team who's uh, going full you know practices so i don't know how that'll work i have heard that they um have already canceled a few games now not any power five games or you know uh, or notre dame games uh, since they are not in the power five <laughs> but, but you know what i'm saying they yeah. haven't it's, it's been like uh lower level fcs type games that have been canceled and i don't even know if that's because of covid or if it's just because of financial probably more financial than anything else is what i would guess
1: Yeah, that that makes sense. And the the other thing that that is the big moving factor in all this is it's hard to make one uniform policy to fit every geographical region in the country, because some are almost in the clear past their peak, never got a peak, and others are spiking now. So it's really impossible to have one set of standard. Here's how we're going to do like the NBA is so much easier. You have total control over all your constituents. You put them in this bubble at Disney World, and you say, here's what we're doing. That just isn't feasible for colleges. But but it's just all these mixed messages. And every time I mention it, it's like, John, these guys are young and healthy. Don't worry about it. Well, isn't Zeke Elliott young and healthy? You, you know, like... Uh, so i don't know but when i read that tweet from teddy greenstein it really got me thinking i'm gonna lose my mind if they pull the plug on this or blow it up or they could even shorten this season you know i,
0: I think the I mean, real here's the thing though like the ncaa appears not to want to have to control this they, they pretty much bowed out of this whole deal and they're like we're leaving it up to the conferences individual conferences and individual schools so the ncaa doesn't want to have anything to do with it now if the pac-12 decides that they want to bow out of the season of course, that would affect college football, but that doesn't stop the SEC or the ACC or Notre Dame or whoever from playing if they want to play. Now, it will affect Notre Dame because they have to play uh, a couple of Pac-12 schools, but could they fill those with another, you know, I don't know. It, it, it is it is kind of a mess.
1: Yeah, it's uh, a total mess. And, I, and here's the thing who wants to be that conference or that first school or conference to say you know what we're gonna bow out you know we don't need all this money and all this revenue you know we're gonna sit this one out and then nobody wants to do that so you have to balance the health aspect of everybody involved with the financial aspect that these football machines are right and so I just don't know how this is going to go. Nobody wants to pull the plug. Nobody wants to be the first ones to do that. And then here's the caveat to that. If somebody did that, what would happen to the transfer portal? Is that a reason where guys could go the hell with this. I'm out of here and I'm going to go play day 1 because it's my last year and I want to go do some I'm going to get out of here and go play somewhere right away. Is that yeah. even is that a is that a could that happen?
0: I guess I, you know, that's something I didn't even think about. Yeah. And there's a lot of, and there's a lot of other ancillary things on the outside that get affected by all of this too. That you just don't think about. That's one of them.
1: Yeah, like it just crossed my mind. If if somebody did this with some advance notice, you right. would have a mass exodus of guys in their final year that want to go just play for their draft stock or for whatever. I, I just I don't know, but it's like. I'm just kind of on edge cause this could go either way. And everybody's just like, okay, do what you're gonna do with baseball, whatever, but everybody's banking that we're gonna have college and pro football. Yeah. So I I just, I don't know. There's a lot of mixed messages unknown after unknown, after unknown, you can plan for it, but everything can get scrapped and changed. So I guess we're just floating in no man land week to week.
0: I tend to believe so. Th- these universities, especially in division one college football, now the ones that really might get affected are the FCS and Division two II and three and that kind of thing. But Division one, let's say whatever how many teams that is, one hundred and thirty one teams or something. I, they they rely so heavily on football revenue. I think that they're almost like it's almost like uh, even if there does run a risk to the players and the and the staff and the students, they're willing to take that chance because the the after effect of that could be devastating to the university as a whole, because they rely on that money so much. Now the NFL is a different story. Listen, the the NFL is not going away. They can cancel the NFL season. They can pick it up in 2021, because those guys are billionaires, whether football is played or not. I'm I'm talking about the owners. So that's not, you know it's it's, it's, uh, apples and oranges as far as the NFL and college football go.
1: Yeah, and the other thing I found interesting is, and I believe Ohio State's one of the teams that has done this, asked their athletes to sign a, a health waiver
0: yeah i heard that freeing
1: the university from any liability if this runs through your locker room or whatever and there's a lot of strong opinions from people smarter than me about you know the power dynamic and structure in college football Uh technically they're already working for free labor and then now you're you're not going to protect them for this there's there's a lot of stuff here that could blow up or Uh could just totally go away and burn off with this 95 degree heat i don't know
0: yeah well i don't think the, the virus is going away necessarily it's going to be a lot like the flu is it's going to have different variations year to year um you know maybe the one that comes along next fall or, or next you know when, when the weather gets cold again is going to be different and not as not as uh what's the word i'm looking for here? aggressive or whatever I, who knows uh you know it's something we're probably gonna have to live with on some level and i think you know the more time goes on the more we learn about this thing uh, the more precautions they can take and probably the less hysteria there will be about it. You know, and it's, you know, we're not hysterical about the flu. And I'm not, I know people out there, it's not the flu, pigskin Pete. This is something totally, I know. I But I'm, what I'm saying is we don't cancel everything because there's a flu outbreak, you know. And so I think that it's, it's gonna go along those lines at some point.
1: Yeah, and every month that we go further, the treatments are getting better, you know, the research for a vaccine right. and all the other, the cocktail of drugs they're putting together, <laughs> yes. you, wanna, you know, chug this and then go to your football game, you know?
0: Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
1: So it, we'll we'll get down that path. I'm just, my number one question is fine, let's play, let's go for it. What happens the first time you get somebody's entire defense that has covid? Mm-hmm. I I what can you do then? Be, what are you supposed to do? Take talk, call time out on the season and forfeit for a few weeks or Yeah, have I don't all know. your bench warmers in there it's, as starters?
0: That's what you're going to have to do if you don't want to like, cancel. Now look at Kansas oh. State right now has a bunch of players that are, I mean like half the team or something. I don't know the exact number, not half the team maybe, but a bunch, like dozens of players. Uh, I know Texas has had a, a real bout with it. They got a bunch of players that have tested positive that actually might end up being, and I'm not, listen, I'm, I'm not uh, dismissing the fact that this is a dangerous thing and I hope these kids are all okay and all recover. But in, in the law, as far as football goes, it might be a blessing in disguise because if it runs through that team now, then the, the chances of them, them getting it in three months from now is going to be slim to none. Right. So, yeah. you know, these teams that don't have any cases now they might be more worried about getting the cases later if that makes look any at, sense look
1: at you i'm gonna call you pigskin fauci from now on <laughs> i like that
0: i i do uh I, I am the son of a doctor and a nurse oh look at you yeah so anyway that doesn't make me a doctor or a nurse <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it is what it is
1: Uh, So I don't know, man. It's just, but that tweet caught me off guard. And because Teddy Greenstein's a guy that he ain't talking to people like us, like you said, he's going into these administrations in the big 10 and asking them what the hell's going on. So I don't know, but people could keep telling me, don't worry about it. These kids are young. Don't even worry about it. But every day. So Go ahead and call me a snowflake that I'm concerned about this all you want. No, there's nothing wrong with being concerned about it. But Look Dr. at the news. It's, I'm just looking at the news. That's all.
0: Dr. Pigskin Fauci says there's at least a 70% chance that everything's going to be okay. So All right. I'm going to hold you to that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take that to the bank. <laughs> all right. So the uh, the next thing we want to talk about is something that we wanted to talk about at the end of last week's show, and we just ran out of time. I think this is interesting for not only for college football fans but also for notre dame fans in particular is the playoff expansion debate and just like everything else in in the world and especially in in college football world it's there's people that absolutely are staunch about they don't want an expansion at all they want to keep it at four games Uh, a lot of people didn't even want the four games they just wanted to keep it at the two uh, then you had the people that want the eight. Then you had the people that want sixteen. I hell, I've even seen people that want it, like to be like the NCAA tournament and want sixty four, which is absolutely uh, insane, but and won't happen either. Yeah. But um, but how this affects Notre Dame's chances to make the playoffs? Because as we said and debated in the first episode of the show about uh, Notre Dame's independence and how they most likely I may mean not. It's not set in stone, but most likely Notre Dame's going to have to go twelve and zero most years to make the playoffs in the current format. If they expand to eight games or twelve teams—I mean, not games, teams—eight teams, twelve teams, or, or sixteen teams, or whatever it is—that drastically increases Notre Dame's chances. And by the way, I want to say this: uh, somebody, I, I was correcting you on how you said Zen, right? Yeah. So last week, somebody in your comment section said, I'm pronouncing Notre Dame wrong. There's no D in Notre Dame. So t- uh, touche. All right. Notre Dame. Oh, is what I should. <laughs> that's what I should be saying. No, Notre Dame. Sound <laughs> not really fancy. Get that French yeah.
1: in you. Notre Dame.
0: I just, I just wanted to acknowledge that. Yeah, I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong. So Notre Dame. Anyway.
1: That couldn't be that. I, if it was bad, I would have noticed it to throw it back at you when you gave me the Z business
0: yeah but you do you say it you say it like i say it. The, the the notre dame thing you even say it that way
1: and by the way we cover all this ground do all this research and everybody's favorite part of that episode was I us know. going back and forth on how to pronounce clemson
0: i know i know <laughs> that's and, just
1: how it is man
0: i know and and the thing is that's you, 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 people outside of clemson don't realize how much like that's a thing though um yeah. so you know you know anyway i don't get offended by i don't really get offended by it but i, I yeah. thought i'd but I thought, but was I I thought
1: that was hilarious. That was everybody's favorite part. Yeah. Um, um so wait, just so big picture. There's no right. doubt more teams opens Notre Dame's window more. There's no doubt about that. Like I said, one loss Notre Dame's usually out in a four team playoff. If you expand it no matter what you expand it to, that helps Notre Dame for an avenue with one loss to be able to make it especially if it's not guaranteed spots to the conference winners, regardless of their record, Uh, that would definitely help Notre Dame. You gotta be in it to win it. So if any of these expanded options is gonna open Notre Dame's window to be able to do it with one loss. So I think for Notre Dame's perspective, that's how people are gonna see it. Um, I'm just more, I'm more interested in how this would be formatted the structurally, how you would host these games, how you would do the quick turnaround of, you know, announcing them. And then if you're going to have home venues, I I just, I don't know how that would all be structured. Do you think it's a certainty we're going to expand when this TV Mm -hmm. contract comes up just because of money, if nothing else?
0: Yes, I do. Uh, What is that contract up? 2024 or 2025? Something like that. Yeah.
1: It's, it's a few more years.
0: Yeah, so there's nothing going to happen until then. I know you people are screaming into their cell phones and, and, and into their keyboards, especially on a lot of my streams during the season. Uh, they need to playoff expand. need to they, do it now. Do it now. It's not going to happen now. Look, yeah. it's just the way it is. It's, yeah. gonna, it's not going to happen until the contract's up. That's 2024 or whatever. Once that, uh, that happens, I do think you'll see an expansion. Um, I personally don't want them to expand. I'm one of the ones that is on the fence about um, diminishing the regular season.
1: Well, now, okay. Wait, wait, wait. Now let me ask this. Uh-huh. The skeptic would say easy for you to say, cause your team's getting in it every year, so why would you want to invite more teams in it? Right? Like, is that, is that, do you think any part of that's cause your team's in it now? Anyway, no. no? I mean,
0: I, I, I'm sure that you could, people would make that assumption from the outside, but I'm just telling you as a college football fan that I just think that the, the, I want to, for every game to matter. Yeah. And, and that's just the way that I am as a college football fan.
1: And that's why college football is great because it has the shortest regular season. So every single Saturday is a huge deal. Unlike every one sixty-two of your baseball teams games.
0: Right now having said that, if it went to six or eight games, I'm not, you know, there's people out there that say, if it goes to eight games or something, it's going to ruin college football. It'll be unwatchable. Nobody will care about it. I'm not on that. I'm I'm not, I'm not that that, that far.
1: Wait how could having more teams having a chance to win a title diminish how many people watch and care you're going to have all those other fan bases that are all bought in
0: right those numbers but,
1: are going to be those numbers are going to be crazy
0: i agree i agree they but are there's there's a, there's people out there that feel like that it's a slippery slope you start adding more teams yeah maybe this next contract it will be eight teams and then in 2032 or whatever, then it'll be 16. And they don't want it to end up like the NFL where almost half of the teams get in, uh, to the playoffs. Right? So where if do you it, think you have teams that are 500 getting in the playoffs, right?
1: Where do you think the sweet spot is then if, if they do do this, that you would be comfortable where it's pushing to that line, but not across it. Do you think that's eight
0: or yeah, where well, do you, I draw the line at eight. Okay.
1: And that's yeah. kind of a number I had in my mind, because then you get into, like you said, you're going to start rewarding some teams that certain years shouldn't probably get and in. Think
0: about it. for Think about it like an SEC team, for instance. You can have a three or four loss SEC team if there's eight. I mean, conceivably. You might mean probably not, but conceivably um, get into the playoffs. A three loss team, maybe. that could still be ranked in the top 10. And that's the other thing. If you go to 16, forget about it. Then I think listen, 16, then, then, I think then, is too much. I think when, that's too much. Then what you start having is you have teams if if your only goal is to make the playoffs and you're already, let's say, 9 and 1 or 10 and 0 going into the last two regular season games, why not rest your stars?
1: Yeah, yeah. You can you're, lose the you game and get in
0: anyway. Yeah, you're
1: you're getting into the end of the NFL season, you know. Right. Yes. Um, so I agree with you. I think they can thread the needle okay between not diminishing the regular season also opening it up for more teams to get in and i think they can thread that needle comfortably but i think 16 even you're getting out of it i think eight could be your sweet spot there and you know what else eight does eight eliminates the committee i don't trust sitting in that room they have more leeway right because the gap between the fourth and fifth team's going to probably be more debatable than the seventh eighth and ninth team so mm. i think it's safer for that committee to include everybody they should than it is at four so i think it makes their job a little easier now you now then you're going to argue nine verse eight you know the first one out's always going to be mad. Exactly. But if you're nine, that means you have two or three losses, probably if you're nine and then you don't have an argument to me that
0: the sweet, you know, right? what I would like? if it's going to expand for me, I would like six games, six teams. And then there's ways you can do that. You can have a buy, you know, first round buy for the first two seeds or whatever it is. And so there's ways to do six. I think that six is feasible. And then there's people that want the, you know, all the power five conference winners and one at large bid or something like that i don't know if i go that route because then who would have made the playoffs oh well, i guess oregon would have made it last year from the pac-12 but of course that of course you know that makes notre dame have to get an at-large bid because they're not in in a conference
1: yeah see i i mean if they went to six and did it that way that's tough
0: because yeah, I, that I would tough. be i would be for the system they have now with the with the committee but just instead of four, have six, basically. what yeah, the way I, I would do it.
1: I think I'm fine with that too. Um, so my question would be, if they're going to investigate this, do they make that small incremental step from four to six? Or do they just dive right in, look at the TV revenue, figure it out and say, we're going to eight.
0: I'm saying they're going to go to eight.
1: You know what I like? If you're going to do this, you may as well go kind of big and double it. And then th- see how that goes for a contract's worth of TV
0: if i think they'll go to eight they'll just double it and then and now if, if for some reason they go more than eight for whatever reason you know politics or, or money or whatever if they go 12 or 16 i i will be severely disappointed if they do that
1: i think I, personally I, think, I will i think that's a stretch they're not going to go down and then i think the logistics get tougher on you when you do it that much um I think six or eight would be fine if it was a fair format, but I'm not buying into this. If you win a conference, you're automatically in no matter how many losses you have. I am not buying into that. You got to earn your way. Mm-hmm. So yes, uh, I yes. don't want to see a three loss team get a bid to the playoff. No. Sure.
0: Sure. Clemson beat a, a five loss Pitt a couple of years ago to win the ACC. What if Pitt would have upset Clemson and they would have been uh, seven and or eight and five. See, and, you just and got and got in the playoffs? No. You
1: can't do that. Right. You you no. can't do that. So I'm guessing if I had to put money on it, I'm guessing if they're gonna go down this path, they want to make some sort of a splash, they'll think four to six isn't a big enough splash, and I'm I would put my money on eight.
0: That's
1: that, that's, that's what I think.
0: That's where I think it'll land. And I won't be terribly upset with that, even though I don't want it to expand. Eight, i I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna freak out about that. Plus I, I, I've, I've already, you know, come to grips with the fact that I think it's inevitable anyways. So, you know, I'm, I've, I've already pretty much, you know, just gotten over it, well, <laughs> even, it even though it hasn't happened yet.
1: But <laughs> pigskin it's money's money and everybody yeah. wants more money. And so everybody loves college football. If you have more of these games and they matter, it's gonna be a win for everybody. Yeah, like,
0: and, and the other thing about this is the more teams that you add to the playoff, the more it diminishes the other bowls. We, I mean, it's already happened with the four-team playoff. Yeah, you know, people are like they disappointed, don't care. They they disappointed don't care. about going to the Rose Bowl if it's not part of the playoffs. Like, I mean, yeah. And and and, and what you asked me earlier, like, am, am I do I not want the expansion because Clemson's always in it and they have an easier you know path to get there? And I said no. And I'm not one of these people, man. If Clemson doesn't make the playoffs, I don't look at the season as a complete disaster now if if they go eight and four i'll consider it to be a disaster but let's say they go 10 and 2 or 11 and 1 and just somehow miss the playoffs because there's four teams that are better and then they go to whatever whatever new year's six bowl game and win it Uh, to me that's still an amazing season i don't don't get caught up of course i want them to go to the playoffs of course i want them to win national championships but that's not the standard that's not like the only thing i look forward to
1: now Would your opinion on that be different if you guys haven't don't have a couple championships in your back pocket recently?
0: No, I always listen. You you got to understand. Before they won those two championships in the past four years, I was when, when they went to the Peach Bowl and beat LSU, I was at that game. I was ecstatic. <laughs> I mean, that was a great. I mean, I I was j- almost just as ecstatic about doing that as I was about when them winning a national championship. I mean, almost not quite as much. Yeah. And and when they beat Ohio State in in two thousand what was that fourteen and the um. Was it 2014 or 2013, maybe anyway, they beat Ohio state and urban Myers. I think it was his first year there in the orange bowl. That was a huge victory for Clemson. And that was to me, a, 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 an extremely successful season. I was not disappointed with that at all. They didn't win. They didn't fight for a national championship that year.
1: Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. You know, I listen though there's too many bowl games to begin with. I'm sorry, but some of the, I know everybody's footballs, more footballs always good, but you get some of those bowl games are dogs, man. They're in bad weather climates. It's cold. It's miserable. It's two 500 teams. There's 1500 people in the stands. I get it. Coaches want more time with their team, whatever. I get it. Guys get to play football more fine. But there's already too many bowls, but you're right. It is turning into the playoff and then maybe a couple of the New Year's six bowls and that's pretty much it.
0: Right, and some of the Get people aren't, aren't even happy. Like, like, like what happened with Georgia a couple of years ago when they played Texas. You had, because like, Georgia thought they were going to the playoffs, that was their hopes. Yeah. But they missed the playoffs, they still went to the Sugar Bowl, played Texas, a bunch of their key players sat out. Uh, they, it, 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 The Georgia players didn't even show up. It seemed like they even wanted to play in the game. You're talking about the effing Sugar Bowl here. Like, this is one of the most prestigious football, uh, get, you know, bowls in, in history. And they act like they didn't want to be there. And the fans acted like they didn't care either. And, of course, Texas goes out there and molly them.
1: Yeah. Well, and, they, and, had no, they had no interest in being there because they were – that's what they I'm were saying. Up, that, that's you know, terrible.
0: That's terrible. Yeah
1: it is but i kind of get it though at the same time like they didn't reach their ultimate goal and then it's like okay whatever and they you know so should it be like that probably not but i understand why it happened they had no interest in playing that game zero interest and it showed
0: that's um, sad though that should they should i mean
1: yeah but that was collateral damage from going to this playoff system now because yeah. those big bull think about the luster that's come off the rose bowl yeah. Like, you know what I mean? That used to be the big thing. And now it's like, whatever, kind of, you know, and the and other that's thing, my, with
0: the, that's my point,
1: the Rose bowl, the other situation was they have that TV contract for that time slot for the Rose bowl every year, but it's starting to interfere with the playoff plans. They want them to change that and kind of say, Rose bowl, guess what? It's not as big of a deal anymore. And, and want them to move that time slot. So there's already collateral damage with some of these traditional big bowl games and i mean what are you going to do then if you expand the playoffs slap a name on one of those other bowl games and call it that or what are you going to do
0: that's my point because the more the more playoff teams you add then the less significant all the bowls come now it's going to be you know it's already bad enough that you people are not getting excited about going to the sugar bowl or the rose bowl if it's not in the playoffs but now it's going to be If you don't make the play, if there's eight teams, it's going to be completely screwed. Playoff or bust. Every other bowl doesn't matter.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I get that. And people will say it doesn't matter, but if it's your team, you're still going to watch it. You know what I mean? Like, you're not, you're not, not going to watch it, but you're going to, you know, it's like me. Notre Dame went 10 and two, played a five loss Iowa state team in the bowl game. You think I was excited about that destination and opponent? That's a that's a lose-lose for Notre Dame. You beat them, you get no credit because they got a handful of losses. You lose, you get ridiculed. That was a no-win, but what was I doing? Sitting there stressing out about it all day. So yeah. I could say I don't like it, but I was all about You know, I didn't miss it.
0: I can say this with 100% certainty. The only way that the Gamecocks will ever have a chance to make the playoffs is, is if they go to 16 or 24 teams. <laughs> that's tough. That's tough. So they want a playoff expand. Hell, they want a 64 team playoff. That's tough.
1: Dude, I can't <laughs> believe people are realistically calling for even 16, I think, is too much. Think of oh, the yeah. teams are going to get in if they're 16th. Yeah.
0: You're going to have four,
1: four losses. I mean, come on. You That's look, too, yeah. too far. That's way too far.
0: Yeah. And whoever the 16th ranked team at the end of last season was, I don't know who it was, but they had no, they had no shot of winning a national championship. No, None. I guarantee
1: they had to have like four losses probably. And yeah. so you shouldn't be, you shouldn't have your hat in the ring for a championship with four losses. That's why I think eight will be the sweet spot, set up a TV contract for that, figure out if you're going to do the first rounds to the higher seeds at home, then move it into these bowl venues, whatever you're going to do. I think eight's the spot there. I don't think they're going to do this and only do six. They're not going to think that's progressive enough. I think 12, 16's too many. Eight's the window to me.
0: John, there's a reason that Jim Harbaugh wants a 16-team playoff, sir. Think about don't get it.
1: me started with that lunatic. <laughs> He's out of his mind. I don't understand what planet the guy lives on. He's weird. I don't get him. I don't get
0: him. He He drinks milk with hormones in it
1: that's he, why <laughs> dude he is the weirdest dude like yeah i just don't get it he's weird like I, whatever
0: yeah. we'll see we were talking last night on my streamer was it last night or, or i can't remember I all these days run together i think it might have been last night somebody no it was with bobby durkins on tuesday he told me um the home the the house from home alone the movie home alone in chicago suburb is for sale and i said uh and he said you know it's in a suburb, and they're selling it for one point six million dollars. And he said, "But it's also right on Lake Michigan." That's what people don't know about that house. I said, "Hell, well, maybe Jim Harbaugh will buy the house. He's got the one point six million, and he can use it to uh, have sleepovers with his recruits."
1: Dude, that's so creepy. I'm sorry. That's weird, man. But hey, I'm gonna tell you what though. I- for as weird of a guy as he is he keeps landing solid recruiting classes i'm not going to say they're top three or four or five but he's landing enough kids there i don't know i don't know what he's
0: doing nobody does less with more than jim harbaugh yeah it's he's the opposite he's the opposite of david cutcliffe david cutcliffe nobody does more with less than david cutcliffe and nobody does less with more than Jim harbaugh
1: that's fine but i can only give harbaugh a hard time to a certain extent because if notre dame fans are honest about it the last handful of years notre dame and michigan match each other pretty damn well in terms of getting to a point where they beat the teams they should beat. they play a couple teams with equal or better talent and it's uh uh-oh time there's a lot of similarities there that overlap between those two programs lot of bit a lot of wins but in those big games both of them have fallen short so i'm hesitant to go too hard on him
0: especially after especially after last year Mm. yeah
1: I mean so there there's a lot of overlap between those two programs in recruiting as well they've been pretty darn neck and neck beating the teams they should be and then struggling with anybody equal or better um so I can't make fun of him that much I just think he's a weird guy like just interactionally he's weird interviews he's He's just a bizarre dude.
0: Yeah, he's definitely weird. He's and, just weird. Um, the, th- the my biggest criticism of him is I don't think he's a bad coach or anything. I think he's a pretty good coach, but he's a quarterback guy, and, and that's what he hasn't been able to recruit there. And you know, and yeah. so uh, of all the positions, I mean, listen, the defense is the best part of that team has been since he's been there, and he's an offensive guy. So that's my criticism of Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Is why can't why can't you get an elite quarterback in there?
1: Yeah, that that and that's fair. Um, and you know, the here's. Man, that Ohio State thing, how many of the... My question is, how does this shape up for Michigan? Okay, Harbaugh can win all these games, keep losing to Ohio State. Okay, you're 0-5 against them, then you're 0-6 against them, then you're 0-7 against them, whatever. Now, I think it's more likely Harbaugh leaves on his own and goes and does something else than them getting rid of him because then they're still winning a lot of games but not getting over the big hump. And the other problem is, philosophically, you brought Harbaugh in as your hometown guy, Michigan man, the returning prodigal son, Messiah. He's our everything, our homegrown guy. How do you get rid of that guy
0: then? I think they
1: boxed themselves in.
0: I disagree. I think that Jim Harbaugh will stay there as long as they'll let him. You don't, think,
1: you don't think internally he's going to say, I'm not getting over this Ohio State hump. I'm out of here. I'm going to go find something else to do. No,
0: I don't. I think he he's uh, he loves Michigan. For obvious reasons. That's number one. Um, Who else is going to pay him eight million dollars a year to coach their team, whether it's in the NFL or in college football? And uh, yeah, I mean, as long as as long as they will keep him there, I think he'll stay there. You know, I think I think before he leaves, he'll get fired unless he just decides to retire and quit football altogether at some point.
1: Yeah. it's just a really, really interesting dynamic. And there are a lot of parallels with Notre Dame with them winning a lot of games, but not getting over the hump. I mean, if I was a Michigan person losing to Ohio state chalk it in every single year, I would lose my mind. Like I, I would just, I wouldn't be able to handle it.
0: Yeah. I wouldn't That's either. Tough. Uh, But, but Ohio state fans definitely want him to have a lifetime contract though. I know that much.
1: Dude, if he wasn't just such a weirdo, like, I, I don't know. His personality's bizarre.
0: He did almost beat Ohio state once it was that controversial call at the end of the game. So I'll give him yeah. credit for that. But, uh, still,
1: yeah, you know. that's tough.
0: He's going into year six now. See, so, you know, it's time to, you know, poop or get off the pot as they say.
1: Yeah. And actually yeah. those schedules for them are actually fairly tough. You know, like if you actually look at the grind, it's an actually pretty, pretty tough, uh, big 10 schedule. So oh yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm interested to see what, what they're going to do. Yeah.
0: All right. So the next uh, topic at hand is this new thing. Well, semi new. It's been it's been in the works for a long time now. Is the uh, the payers being paid or earning money? I should say not being paid off of name, image, and likeness. Now this is a very convoluted and very uh, difficult thing to try to wrap your head around because what we're seeing now is every individual state started with California, right? making a law saying in, in the state of California, college athletes can make money off of the damage and lightness. Then I, I don't know how many states have done that. Do you know how many states have done this now?
1: I know there's been, I think two or three others that have come out and made similar proclamations, mm. but how do you do this unless it's everybody? Because why would any kids go if you're not getting any money and you go here, you sign a couple autographs to give you a hundred grand how, how could those places compete? I don't get it.
0: Right. So in, in the running the risk of thinking that this is about politics, it's not, but it is in the news today or yesterday, maybe that the state of Florida did something the same, similar to what uh, California did. So I, th- this, the Senator uh, from um, Florida is Marco Rubio, right? So Marco Rubio was on a radio show, I think today. And he said what you just said. He said uh, it's great that each state's doing this on their own. He said, but that, that that's going to screw everything up for the, you know, if you're in Minnesota or you're in Ohio or you're in South Carolina and they don't have this same regulations as California or Florida, that's a massive disadvantage for those schools. So you need a federal, uh, a blanket law for this, right, or some sort of legislation federally, not just statewide.
1: Yeah, I I don't see. So when the first thing about this I read came out of California, and it came out during the time COVID was really taking off. So because of all that, it didn't really get much attention. And I've had it in my notes as something to talk through and try and figure out more. And and I understood that the NCAA initially wanted to resist this,
0: but NCAA they NCAA
1: is so useless. You know what? They legislate where they shouldn't, and they don't where they should. That's exactly. you know. Yes, Um, but they looked into it and realized going through federal appeals court and doing all of this would take years and years and years, Mm -hmm. tons of money and resources. And they kind of put their sword down and decided that's a fight not worth it. But then my my question is, the bill itself from California was very open ended. I mean it wasn't saying you can only give a kid this many. It didn't address things like okay, well, what what happens with title 9 when the quarterback of Alabama gets 200 grand a year to show up at a car dealership and the the female soccer star gets $20 for doing the same thing. I don't know how those uh equality laws will shape up with this. It's very That's difficult. another That's another question I have. Um, and I just don't see how you could do this unless everybody does it. You're going to have massive disadvantages. Sure. They they say in the original law from California, it said the NCAA did provide the guidance that you're not able to use this as a recruiting Oh, well,
0: (laughs) come on. Okay. So. I mean, if if
1: that makes, uh, no, it makes it, no no. What's stopping?
0: Listen, listen. We are, it, there's already shady stuff going on in recruiting, it, it, uh, especially like in basketball and stuff. But we, but we're,
1: basketball's we're, we're, way worse than
0: football. But but, the but, we'll, but we'll stick to football. If you start making it legal for, uh, Rick Hendrick Motors or you know, I'm just throwing a name out there. Whatever, yeah. whatever car dealership to pay Trevor Lawrence, uh, to come and sign autographs one day. And uh, when they're recruiting Trevor Lawrence, who what's to stop a multi millionaire Clemson booster from, from contacting the car dealership and saying, Hey, I want to get Trevor Lawrence to come to Clemson. Yep, I've got a million dollars that you can pay him. I'll give you the million dollars. You yep. pay him as if you're the one paying him. Listen, it's opening up a Pandora's box. Yep. Let's, yep. let's let's be yep. honest.
1: Yep, absolutely. Um, that's where my mind went too. Uh, because you can say, here's the deal you can say you can't use it in recruiting it's going to get out that it's going to be known certain companies that are run by these power brokers and boosters and grads of these schools. Mm. It's going to be known if you're Notre Dame's best player, guess what? You make a hundred grand to be the face of the car dealership. Like, so that's going to be out there. So here's my question. When I first let this sink in, I could see two different ways of thought that are totally divergent. One is, You could say, oh boy, this is going to open Pandora's box. This is going to be a money grab. The best players are going to the top bidders now more than ever. This is bad for the game. That's thought one. On the other side of it, thought two is, well, wait a second. This kind of stuff's already going on. Does this level the playing field? Because now people that didn't have the bag man before and weren't playing that game can legally come in and offer these things does it level the playing field so i could see this both ways what do you think about that they're two totally different trains of thought
0: it's a really difficult thing because i do feel like that the, the players to some degree are being exploited even though i i think that they're not being exploited so much as that they still are college kids They're students they're, they're amateur athletes they're not professional athletes so we that's number one you, I mean you're a golfer you know this uh, you're considered a professional golfer if you take one single dollar for winning a tournament um, let's turn my microphone off um, but anyways it's a difficult thing but I, I I do think it creates a power vacuum for the richest people in, in the richest towns and the richest cities in, in the in the country it just it just does now for me I, I don't have a problem like it, it if they're going to say, especially a university or maybe Nike or or some apparel company. If they're going to say, we're going to sell a football Jersey that has XYZ's name on the back of the Jersey, he should be getting paid. If they're selling a Jersey with his name on it, absolutely. He should get whatever cut they'd agree to, uh, out of that. And, um, that sort of thing, but this whole thing, I mean, there's just too many ways around this name, image and likeness thing with, with doing commercials and, and 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 endorsement deals with shoe companies and that sort of thing. These guys can end up making, multi, I mean, shit, possibly $20 million in their college career, potentially.
1: Yeah. It, you're gonna, man, I'm just picturing these guys like T Boone Pickens and like all these, the oil, exactly. the exactly. oil money and all these like, and I, here's how I think of it, you know, my little Notre Dame world. Notre Dame's well known for all their alums that go on to be start their own companies, be the CEOs, have all this money and all the they're all this business acumen. If you're the big cigar smoker, booster, I'm putting together a program right damn now, sending it to the university and saying we want to partner with you on this. Whoever your best player is, we're going to give them 200 grand to be the face of our dealership, our business, our whatever. And we'll figure out whatever he has to do. Sign I mean, a couple of kind, sign a couple balls. Here's 200 grand, whatever.
0: Think about Oregon. Yep. I mean, who's their it's biggest guy? It's a built-in
1: advantage because they have all Nike.
0: They have Nike money. Yep. So they can, they can say, listen, if you come to play in Oregon, you're getting, you're getting a Nike endorsement deal yep. worth $10 million. Yeah. Day one. Now tell me that's not an unfair advantage for Oregon recruiting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, see, man, this is tricky. And then you have. Notre dame's old athletic director before the current one who's now at duke he came out and said he was all against this and this isn't what we represent and all that the irony in that is it the one-and-done factory that duke basketball is and all their the olympic ties all of the jersey and shoe ties haven't they
0: haven't they just proved that zion oh, williamson got paid like a million dollars to come play there or something yeah like that?
1: it is I laughed my ass off when I saw that coming out of Duke because they're one of the last places that should stand up and be against this. When you're a one and done factory, you can't tell me it's all about the student athlete. There's nothing (laughs) about being a student when you're playing one semester to shoot hoops and you're out of there. Yeah. Come on. So
0: you know Zion Williamson was this close to coming to Clemson. And he switched, he the really? I did
1: not know that.
0: Yeah, he came down to Duke and Clemson. And th- there was like, you know how they do those crystal ball projectors of where they're gonna yeah. sign? Th- he was like 70% or 80% like projected to come to Clemson. And at the last minute, he flipped to Duke. And then we just found out a few weeks ago why is uh he was paid. So I
1: this is really tricky for me because usually I'm very opinionated on everything and have a logical path, and I, I back it and go down. I don't know what to make of this because it seems like there's not a lot of structure. There's not a lot of guidelines. Maybe there will be some down the road. Uh, it doesn't seem like the NCAA is gonna be able to track all this stuff. There's no way. So I don't know if it's just gonna be the Wild West and more progressive programs and schools build a, a, a partnership with their alum base or their donor, You know, the big cigar smokers put together uh-huh. these programs. I just don't know how it's going to go other than the one assurity I have is like you said, the places with more resources, more powerful donor bases and alums, and they're going to be, you would think, in a good position.
0: That's why I would say, right? yeah, definitely. And that's why I would say we, you, need a, you need a federal legislation on this that where all 50 states are under the same guy. Because the NCAA's they're not going to do anything. They're basically saying, that they spent all this time saying it's, it's it's not allowed, it's not allowed, it's not allowed. And now they're saying, oh, oh, but we're, we're just going to act like nothing's going on. You guys figure it out. I mean, just like they're doing with the playoffs and everything else. They're just, yeah, the NCAA is completely worthless. All they like to do is put sanctions on teams when they do screw up. They don't like to have anything to do uh, as far as progressing the sport anyway. Yeah. Um, but um, maybe maybe the legislation says, hey, you can make money off of uh, your, your name being put on a jersey or, or, or your likeness being put on a video game or something like that. But you can't take money from car dealers and you can't take money from Nike, you know, stuff like that. I don't know. It's a very difficult, complicated thing to figure
1: yeah, out. And, and then even if you put a limit on it, like if you said, nobody can offer you a, a kid a million or whatever, you know, to do whatever.
0: It's still going to happen
1: though. Exactly. Like you're going to, okay. Say, say the numbers a hundred grand, here's your hundred grand check. And then the bag man comes in with the rest, just like they're already doing. Yeah, like,
0: exactly. So right.
1: I think this could be the wild west, but in some ways we're already having that. And I don't know if teams that aren't doing the bagman stuff now will jump on board with this or not. I'm mean, interested. It, it wouldn't surprise me if Notre Dame took the, we're not into this cause we're about uh, academics path. I could see them taking the high road on that, you know? Uh, so
0: I, so I had a conversation with, uh, I don't know if you know who Billy Ratliff is. He was a defensive tackle for Tennessee uh, during their 1998 national championship um, year. I had a conversation with him about this specifically because, of course, Clemson always gets accused of the bag man. They're paying these players who would go to Clemson. You know, they got to be paying these guys, whatever. So I asked Billy, "Why? Directly. What's wrong with Clemson? Like, why wouldn't you want to go to Clemson?" Exactly. It's an amazing, it's an amazing college. Yeah, town. it's
1: I, in a nice area.
0: I don't see why people wouldn't want. To. Well, you know the you know the trolls out there. Yeah. but but anyway, so I asked Billy straight up. I said, "Look, man, you you played major college football for a national championship team when Tennessee was an absolute powerhouse." I said, how prevalent is this bagman thing? I mean, how prevalent is the recruiting up, you know, k- these kids getting offers, um, you know, get- getting offered a bunch of money to come to their schools? He said, it's really not that prevalent. Yes, it does happen. It's not near as prevalent as people think it is. And so, I, you know, yes, there's always going to be corruption in any sport. You're always going to have the outliers. But like, like he said, it's just, you know, it's sort of this fantasy thing where people think that every team that's good. They bought all their players, right? It's just not the way it works. And so I think that once you open up this bag of worms, though, with the name, image, and likeness thing, even though I'm not opposed to it, it definitely opens up the the door for more corruption than there are, already is.
1: Yeah, I just think there's a lot of open-endedness to this, like lack of structure to where, to me, it just seems like do whatever you want at this point now. So right, I, I don't know that the bigger part, wrapping this all together. It makes me feel like this conference realignment stuff that's being talked about links into some of this urge for these schools to want to break away from the NCAA's power. I think that's behind a lot of this they're starting. I think a lot of people are not respecting the NCAA anymore because they don't deserve it. They're not good at their jobs. They focus on the wrong stuff at the wrong times. And I feel like people are saying, "Forget them. We're just going to go around them and do what we're going to do." And this is all a part of wanting to get away from the NCAA. I think these these Power Five institutions are sick of them, and they're just kind of going around it. And they're the NCAA has less power as we keep going here, which I kind of like. Yeah, you know, I just don't know where it's going to end.
0: I don't either. I have a feeling. Well, we are, we already know that this is, this is going into effect, whether people like it or not, how it's going to look, we don't know, but I think what, what did they say starting 2022 or is it 2021 or 2022? I think
1: it was two years out from now, 22, maybe.
0: Yeah, I think so too.
1: I don't get, I'm not a legal expert, Mm -hmm. but all that title nine stuff with equality with athletes, I thought that was kind of like a big law or a big deal. I don't know how you get around justifying the top quarterback at a top football school, making all this money. And then everybody else isn't, I, I don't know legally how that all works or if it doesn't matter, but I know even just with resources given to women's sports, that's a big deal with title nine compared to the men's revenue generating sports, right? I don't know how this is all going to work.
0: Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's, as I said, it's very complicated and that's why there needs to be one blanket set of rules or legislation nationally for everybody to by. If if it hereby. Because if we just go state by state, uh, it's going to be – I mean, well, listen, if, listen, if you're Alabama, I mean, let's, Alabama football is the – it is Alabama, right? There's no professional sports teams in Alabama. Just like in South Carolina, there's no no professional sports team. So, you know, South Carolina could legislate differently than Al- in Alabama to make it where it's easier for them to funnel money to their players than it would for a Syracuse in New York. Or something where they don't care about football as much yeah
1: but but we've covered two topics today that are all over the board you're looking at the covid stuff school to school state to state region to region going to be all over the board now you look at this and you already have different states doing things it feels like it's going to be harder than ever moving forward to find equity that's a baseline of fairness across everything and I just don't know how this stuff's going to work out because it's complicated. Every angle you turn, there's another question that has to be dealt with. I,
0: so, how do you know. feel personally about it, John? I mean, do you think that it has a chance to ruin the sport, or do, you, or are you just sort of like me, where like you're just like, hell, oh, I don't know. I, you know, it's you, too complicated to figure out.
1: Personally, I mean, you get when you ask me personally, then I'm going to go back to a Notre Dame perspective. Okay, and and my immediate thought is we're not going to be in the game for the bag man for the very, very top players anyways, because Mm -hmm. we're, we never are your hat flippers. You know, we're not going to be in that game anyways. So Notre Dame's not going to be able to play that game to the extent some others do. I do like the, so I'm not worried about that. Let them, the people that are already doing it, let them fight it out for more money for the top guy under the table. It's not going to affect Notre Dame anyways. We're not in the mix for those players many of them couldn't get into school there anyways so that's a non-starter to me but mm-hmm. what I do think is unique is if you want if you're Notre Dame and you're smart I would be pulling in a way to make these partnerships but make it more than just a kid signing an autograph at a folding table at a at a you know a, a car dealership make it something a little more involved with a business angle to it give the kids some money and some life experience overlapping with the Notre Dame grad or booster that is uh, successful. That's a good recruiting pitch. You're 40 for 40. You're, you're going to have the Notre Dame degree, the NFL. If you're good enough, that's an option coming out of Notre Dame. And Oh, by the way, you're going to be able to make a good chunk of change to send home to mom and dad, get yourself through school, learn a little bit more about businesses, make some Notre Dame connections with alumni that are high up in these businesses. So for Notre Dame, if they leverage this right, they have all the resources and money and power they need to be able to use this how they want. But Notre Dame's not gonna be, they're not gonna deal with the bag man for those top kids and get in a bidding war. That's not the angle I want them to take with this. But if they leverage it right, I think it could be a useful tool.
0: I got you. It's like, yeah, it makes sense. It does. And every school, every fan from every school is going to have a different perspective. Like for me, Clemson, I I know there's a bunch of uh, rich Clemson boosters that could easily funnel money if they, if they, you know, had an avenue to do that. Yeah. But uh, on the other hand, uh, you know, as far as a a business sponsoring a player, like Clemson's such a small town. There's no like, you know, huge car dealership where this guy's like, you know, like, like you'd find in Chicago or in Dallas or something like that. So, you know, the amount of money those guys could afford to pay the player would be minuscule anyway, but they didn't have the booster. Like I, like I said, they can say, well, I'll give you the money. And so it's the whole thing screwed up. And if, but, but if you're able to do something, if they're able to get endorsement deals, you might as well just go ahead and say, Oregon's going to win nine out of the next 15 national championships with Nike money.
1: Yeah. I, they're going to
0: buy, the, buy all the talent.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. You know, you're going to have those imbalances and what can you do i mean phil phil knight's an oregon guy like what are you going to do like
0: and know and, and i do want to say, say this i don't think that every kid is out for that anyways like i think it's i think it's unfair to the to the player to say oh you're just after the money so there's there's a lot of players out there that they're just you know they're not interested in getting the, the payday in college they just actually want to go get a degree and have a great college experience and play college football and see where it goes from there so every family is not just money hungry, wanting the, the biggest paycheck. That's not how, you know, I, I think that there's a lot more players that actually do just want to go play football and have a good, you know, get a good education than, there, than, the, than the, uh, the flip side of that.
1: See, that's another thing I've been running through my brain is what would be the percentage of kids this scenario would actually apply for? You get what I, you know what I mean? Like, I think it would be pretty small overall. You know what yeah. I mean? Like how many guys you going to have that are face brand recognition names like Zion was, you know? Um, and so the percentage of people, this affects overall, I don't know, but I do think this is an interesting opportunity for some of these big cigar smoking boosters, instead of just throwing money in a pool. And then the department decides where it goes, come up with a creative partnership program. And put something together approach a university and say i want to help you guys out i have the resources i want to bring these guys into my business have them learn a little bit about it and and it's kind of a win-win-win in that way yeah, but right I, I just don't think the percentage of kids this applies for is that
0: big you almost like, you're talking almost like a paid internship or something
1: i would I Basically would like something more involved. If it's Notre Dame, something more involved than just sitting there signing and then you get money or whatever. I, right. I, I think Notre Dame would like to set up something where there's some business side to this, that ties sure. in with the educational path. Sure. Um, uh, not a full-time internship. The starting quarterback, Notre Dame doesn't have time for that. I'm no, not saying that.
0: But Maybe during the off season though.
1: Something where it's more than just sitting there signing or showing up shaking hands and getting a check a little more substance yeah right i got you and then i think that would make it more palatable for the holier than thou notre dame people that are not going to like this idea
0: Mm. if
1: you made it more involved and more of a learning experience too not just all about cutting a check to get a good guy
0: yeah well, I'm looking forward to seeing the comments on this one because this uh, the name – there's two things – we talked about two things tonight that gets college football fans really riled up and passionate. That's the playoff expansion thing and the name, image, and likeness thing. And um, I understand both sides of both arguments, so I'm not like one of these like radical people like, oh, no, it's got to be this way or you're wrong or whatever. I, I I understand. It's just a very difficult thing. But do you have anything to add? I can't believe it's already been an hour. But it feels like we've been talking for five minutes
1: i know every week it goes by quicker uh but no i agree with you and 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 it's an awkward place for me to be because i'm usually so opinionated know exactly what my thought is Mm. on all these topics it's like i can kind of see a lot of different angles here and i'm open to it i just hope the people who do make these decisions think things through so we don't do something and have unintended consequences on the back end that take away from what we're where we're trying to go,
0: so I, I don't know.
1: We're just gonna there's, see.
0: There's always pros and cons to everything, and uh, there will certainly be some sort of negative fallout from any of these decisions. Um, but does does the good outweigh the bad? Is that's that's what I want to know, you
1: know. Yeah, and the other thing is, and you're seeing this too. It seems like these college players are starting to kind of reclaim or claim for the first time a little more power and say than -hmm. they ever had before in this dynamic between coach, player, school, team. It seems like that's a trend and I don't know how that's going to play out, but you're seeing these kids are speaking out more Mm -hmm. and they're getting more power and that leverage. All these big rich old coaches had is less it's getting to be less. And I want to monitor what that transforms into down the road.
0: There's no doubt about that. Uh, just, just in the past couple of months, especially in the past few weeks, there has been a huge power shift. Yep. Yep. Yes, absolutely. And,
1: And that could end up going a bunch of different ways. I'm really interested to see, but these kids are starting to feel like they have more power to speak up and say and do demand things and talk about things. And that's going to be the trend. And we'll just have to see how that plays out.
0: Mm-hmm. Listen, they got Mike Gundy stuttering and drooling into his breakfast cereal.
1: Yeah, uh, that's, a good,
0: that's that, looked like a,
1: that, that looked like a hostage video when they were both up there together. The kid didn't want to be, there. it, it, it looked like it was, man that's rough
0: yeah we, won't, we listen that's a good time to end the show That's yeah. <laughs> we we'll yeah. get into that I've, I've already pissed enough people off I, I, somehow on, on these issues i tend to piss off people from both sides I'm, I, I, know. I, I, hey, have, I have a talent
1: that's how you know your balance when you're pissing <laughs> off both sides exactly i have a talent i have a talent but, to piss everybody fine. off we can end the show so you can put on your oan t-shirt so that's
0: fine <laughs> that's fine go ahead go ahead it's, all right. All right, guys. Uh oh, it was it's fun. Uh we'll see you guys next week. It's been fun. Thanks, John. See you next week. Take care. Buddy. See ya. All right.